Kid C, Fresh Kid C, yes sir, Fresh Kid P, Fresh Kid T, oh yeah, we back, oh and Zafu, by the way, yeah, jokes. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited about this episode of The Cleanup. You guys, uh, it is playoff baseball. It is finally here. Um, we're going to do a little two-part. So we're going to go predictions of the first round today. Um, and then we're going to later on get into our segments. So just first-round predictions. Let's go. Ready? Let's go. Let's just hop into it. So... What side do we start on? Do we want to start on the 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 AL or NL side? AL. We got AL. We got AL games today. So yeah, let's start right at the top. So, Tampa Bay, Toronto. Who do you guys like? That's kind of an easy one for me. I'm going. I think the Rays are far and away the better team, and I don't think it's going to be close. I'm not going to go as far to say as they're far and away the, the better team. I actually think the Blue Jays will push them a little bit more than we think because they still got good offense and Ryu. So it really depends on that first game, but I'm still going with the Rays. Yes, you guys know that I have picked the Rays to make the World Series. So um, we do know that's where I'm going with it. But I kind of want to get into the conversation of, of, of this matchup and what it might look like. So, I want to just say that I probably spent way too much time on research, and I could have just be psyching myself out about games. Um, but or a loser, yes. So, I I made a little equation to the type of run production uh, our guys have, and. Um, I, I just added up uh, weighted runs created plus uh, DRS, and the Rays would have a nine weighted runs created and a 24 DRS, so that's a plus 33. The Toronto Blue Jays have a negative 29 altogether. They have a negative 38 DRS and a nine weighted runs created. That sounds all right. That's the biggest difference I came up with in the entire playoffs. Yeah, that's actually not true. That's not true. That's also the Blue Jays are running out the Vladdy wagon out in the field, and the Rays are also running out Kevin Kiermeyer every single day. Yeah, that's true. Which is huge. Um, But Walker has been nails. Yes, he has the Blue Jays since he's been there. So. This is this is a series where the Rays do need to get out in front this first game. They got Blake Snell on the mound, which I believe in him, but he's the guy in the rotation that gives me the worst feelings of everybody. See, for me, that's Charlie Morton. He just hasn't been the same this year. I don't know. I think I think they have him going game three. Yes. But, uh, I think he'll just be on a short leash, so but hopefully for the Rays they don't even need to make it to that point. Hopefully we just go Snell Glass now. Yeah. Call. And it, it's a big advantage going into the next series that if they're able to get this in two, they still got a guy like Charlie Morton yeah. going game one. So Yeah. Don't forget about that bullpen either. <clears throat> yeah, very, very good. Um all right. This is a hard one. We've 
we've all been dreading this conversation. But the Cleveland I've been losing sleep over this. Versus the New York Yankees. Who do you guys got? If you don't want to pick right away, we can talk about it. No, I have, some, I have be, some numbers I'm just ready. I'm going to be honest. Huh? I'm just going to be honest here. Okay. Pick well, the Indians at the beginning of the season. Go all the way to the World Series. I love the Indians during the regular season. MVBs, please, Zach, Carrasco. But this matchup gives me nightmares for the Indians because I don't believe in their offense. And the Yankees are going Cole and Tanaka, game one and two, who have both just been nails in their playoff history. So I'm, I'm not – I'm just – I'm still not ready to pick yet. Uh, I'm okay. gonna let you guys. Start. I'm ready to I'll, pick. I'll, I'll I'll throw I'll throw some numbers out there. I know Connor's ready to go for it, Connor. Listen, I've been thinking about this too much as well, and I'm just gonna go for it. I said earlier on in the pod that I have the Cleveland Indians going to the World Series, and I really don't want to contradict myself. And I do really still believe in their pitching to get them there. So I'm going Indians in this series. It's a tough one, but I'm gonna All stick right. with my gut on this one. So. I believe that game one is the X factor for the Indians. If they get game one, I think they yep. they pull out the series because they, then they got Carrasco and Plezak to find a way to throw a gem against this Yankee lineup. But today's matchup is what makes this series so interesting. This, you got Shane awesome. going against Garrett Cole. Yep. Uh, couldn't ask for better baseball. Oh, yeah. But, and – Here's the downside about uh, the matchup for the Indians today. Shane Bieber has been lights out against lefties. The Yankee lineup is mainly right-handed bats. His home run ratio, he has given up seven home runs this year. Phenomenal. But it's been six home runs to righties and one home run. I don't even think the Yankees will – I don't even know if the Yankees will roll out a lefty. I they shouldn't. They should not. So that's that that's a huge part of it. And another thing that really worries me about the Indians is they don't create any runs. No. It's actually a a thirty-three run different. It's so if the Indians get behind, they could be in trouble. I think the Yankees just haven't looked impressive all year long. And it's uh, it's going to be tough. It's tough for me to tough for me to pick against the Yankees, but I'm I'm going I'm sticking with the Indians. I picked them at the beginning of the year. I don't want to lose my credibility. I'm I'm sticking with the Indians. I think they can find a little magic. I think the offense has been better the last couple weeks. And if you get guys like Carlos Santana heating up, that could be huge for them. All right. So after all that, I'm also going to go with Cleveland. I knew I was going wow. to the start. And that's because – their guys have been hot at the end of the season, and the guys that they're—I mean, they who's been carrying them is Lemayhu and Voit in that Yankee lineup. But they're rolling a bunch of guys that have not been playing. 
Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of it. it, Even it really for, just going back to what we said earlier, it really depends on game one a lot. Because if Judge and Stanton come out, either one of those guys homers early in this first game, I think the Yankees are – if they can get production from one of those two guys, like hot Aaron Judge at the beginning of the year, that completely changes their outlook for this postseason yes that the way I felt about this game was either the Yankees lose here or make it to the World Series here yes yeah that's exactly whoever wins this series to me is running it they're running it back and so I feel as though that this could be a problem if this is this is the bracket buster ah this is a hard one for me okay Moving forward, we've got our picks out of the way. We we got we got to keep yeah, going. We just got to move on. I feel like that one could hurt later, but um, would that be the, the Oakland Athletics? No, we're Twin, it's a Minnesota Twins Twins Astros. Twins Twins Astros. This is also another one that was difficult for me, and it got a little bit chippier. And I hadn't I hadn't decided going into this morning until I saw that Josh Donaldson is not going to be a factor in this series. Very bizarre. Very bizarre. He's not on the roster. They're running out Marwin Gonzalez as do, their do third. Do we know player. why? Does anybody know why? I, I mean, Connor State said before we started recording that he hasn't gotten too many hits this year, but I don't think that's really affected his OPS. He's got like a 850 OPS. I mean, that's – not bad. <laughs> yes. I'm well above league average. Because he's hurt. He's hurt? That would make a lot of sense if he was hurt. Yeah. I don't know. You said he participated in a workout and his status for game one is uh, in question. Okay. Well, that would make sense. That would make a lot more sense than just leaving him off. <clears throat> okay. Well. Yeah, he has a calf injury. I, this, this, this is another game that just kind of is off game one because Granky Maeda, I'm pretty sure is what they're both running out there. I mean, I know Maeda has been good this year and he's been good in the playoffs, but I, I don't know. The, the Astros have been bad this year. We all know we've all been watched the shame tour, but they still are good baseball players. We can't just pretend they're bad baseball players because people are upset about what they've done. Yes. It's kind of that's, a – for me, it's kind of a similar situation to um, the Cardinals in the NL uh, in terms of what are they going to get from Jose Barrios, who's been electric the last couple of years. This year, not so much. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Jack Flaherty. So I think Barrios' game two star is going to be huge in terms of deciding this because I think the Astros' starting pitching is actually pretty good. Their bullpen is horrible. They got Uh, one, like, dude in there, but that's about it. And it's, what, Javier? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but besides that, not super impressed with their bullpen. Or their offense, and I will be going with the uh, Minnesota Twins in three. 
Yeah, going off that, I um, I have similar pick. I am very impressed with the Twins' offense. I think uh, so. Pitching wise, I think Zach Greinke's a dog in the playoffs, but I think Kenta Maeda uh, pulls out the win today, and I think the Astros kind of get their backs against the wall with not great offense production. I think the Twins get it in two. I think Barrios comes out big and gets a big clinching game win. All right. I guess that kind of changes. I was hoping you guys were going to be split. Um, I'm just – I'll go with the Astros then. Do it. Why not? Yep. Somebody's got to win this bracket early, so I'll go with the Astros. Hey, Connor, stop picking all my picks, man. Also, also I feel sh- strongly that um, – you know, we'll not get into that. The storyline, whatever. I kind of want to see their fall be bigger. That's my thing. Um, Fair enough. White Sox or Oakland White Sox. Who who in this series? I had a lot of trouble with this one. A lot okay, of trouble. I'm going to tell you from my equation, it's not close at all. According to my equation, the I Oakland think- Athletics are a negative – run team. They have 20 negative runs this year. They had a negative 20 DRS and a zero weighted runs created. I think that this is actually the most interesting first round series to me, maybe besides one of them in the NL. But this, to me, these teams are very, very evenly matched. Um, Honestly, when I looked at it at first, I was like, wow, the White Sox seems like the White Sox have a big advantage, especially in starting pitching. But the more I looked at it, we got Bassett, Giolito, game one. Bassett's been nails this year. I so, thought they were going Lazardo, Giolito. Oh yeah, Lazardo. Sorry, and then Bassett, game two against Keiko, which is a great matchup. Yeah, people do not understand how great of a matchup that one is. It it's really gonna it's gonna be. Very interesting to me to see game one, Lazardo against all that swing and miss the White Sox have. I'm very interested to see that. But I actually think this series is the most evenly matched series out there. The, Indians um, are the A's are missing Matt Chapman a lot. So. Yeah, Lamb, Lamb's been a nice fill-in. But, you know, Matt Chapman is a different level of player. So I want Connor to pull up the White Sox versus lefty numbers because that is going to be a factor in this game. Because um, from what I've looked up, the White Sox have absolutely demolished lefty pitching. And if they're going Lazardo and Manaya, They that, haven't announced game three yet, but... It, they're going to be Montas or Manaya. I mean, it, their best chance is to go Montas because the White Sox have some good numbers against lefties. And Montas is disgusting. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I'll just say it right now. I'm going with the White Sox. Uh, I really like Giolito and Keiko to start. I. It could be really hard. I, I could have a hard time seeing this go past two. But if it does, I still feel like the White Sox have a pretty legitimate chance. I, um, the more I thought about this, 
the more unclear it became to me because I just, like I said, I think these teams are very evenly matched. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'm not – I'm just going to completely ignore any statistics or feelings I have about the starting pitchers. I'm just going to go with my overall gut feeling about the series. I'm going with the Oakland A's. I don't necessarily think they're the better team, but I think they just have had mojo all year long, and I like it. Yeah. And they got, I mean, also, I think there's something to be said for the Oakland A's having a little chip on their shoulder. I think they've sure. kind of been – they feel like they've been slighted the last two, three years by a certain team in the AL West. Um, and I think they're going to come out swinging tonight. That's, that like, is Matt Olson. Matt Olson's a key for me. That is fair. Um, I'm taking uh, I'm taking the White Sox. I just think they have too much offense, and I feel like they're gonna have some big hits, some big home runs, and I just feel like that's gonna kind of put the A's in a hole, and that uh, lack of Chapman is gonna hurt them in the long run. So I'm taking White Sox in three. There you go. All right. So the NL is very is, interesting to me. That is our AL picks. Um, we'll make sure to put our brackets out later. We'll see how we do. We'll, 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 we'll be, we'll be recording, uh, another part of this podcast later and we'll, some games will have happened. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll be having fun today. All right. First game in the NL Dodgers Brewers. I, I think we're going to all agree, but we're all picking the let's talk about it. We're all picking the Brewers, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so, again, I said I did a lot of research, and this is the game. That is the biggest difference. Uh, between their weighted runs created and defensive runs saved, the Dodgers are at a plus 52, and between their weighted runs created and their defensive runs saved, the Milwaukee Brewers at a are at a negative 26. So that's, that's a big difference, but the Brewers pitching staff actually has been better. They've been pretty good. They've been no Corbin Burns for them. No, there you go. That was 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 huge Huge for them. Um, And they can't live in their bullpen forever. I mean, they can in the short series, but not, not to make a run in the playoffs. I think uh, – I actually think this game will go three, uh, or this series will go three. I'm taking the Dodgers in three. But the big key for the Bre- – the, basically the only way the Brewers have a chance is that they get some pretty decent starting pitching and Christian Yelich goes off. He has to find it. Him and Hira. Yeah, Hira and Yelich have to find it now. Like, it's yes. – <laughs> Maybe Lorenzo Cain will decide to opt back in. That would be yeah, nice. They, they need help. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't really know which way I'm going to go with it. Um, well, I know I'm going, I'm going with the Dodgers. I just don't know how many games. Yeah, the Dodgers don't allow too much traffic on the bases, and the Milwaukee Brewers don't cause a lot of traffic on the bases the talent gap is just very large it's it's yeah i i mean but this is a this is the best chance that i think the dodgers can just get knocked off out of nowhere just because it's such yes. a short series 
I think the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. I really Clayton Kershaw has gotten a lot of hate in, the, in his career for the playoffs. I really want him to have a good playoff performance, kind of silence those haters. And I think Dodgers are the best team in baseball. I think they have this one at two. Good. All right. I like that the little Dodgers note you put in there. I, they they have been slighted in the playoffs, and I want to see them succeed finally. All right. Here's the next tough one. This is the one that also made me lose a little sleep. The San Diego Padres versus the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I think we can just get Connor out of the way. Connor, just, just what do you have? What do you have for us? I got an upset. I'm going oh. over Slam Diego. I just don't think those San Diego guys haven't really been there before. We don't know about Clev. Those Cardinals were there last year, made a decent run. So I'm going Cardinals over San Diego in, a, in an upset. Wow. That is actually not what I thought. But I am also going with the Cardinals. Wow. Fuck, guys. You guys are putting me in a weird position because we got Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright. Those guys are going to go off. Oh, dude. When Ryan we, I was leaning towards – we also had to talk – we didn't really talk about the Paddock-Lamette situation. Mm-mm. So those guys might not even throw. Yeah, I don't know. How are they going to – so we got – I mean, Zach Davies for them awesome. Game. Zach it's, Davies has been amazing. I would assume that – if one of those guys aren't throwing, that's where they're going with it, right? Yeah, it's got it's gonna be well, I so I actually read this morning that or Clev. Clev and Clev and Lamette played aggressive catch this morning. So whatever that means, they played aggressive catch, but I don't know if I am willing to bet that both of those guys are gonna be available. Yeah, so, yeah, I meant, I meant to say. You got that. Zach Davies, Garrett Richards, and then. Well, Paddock and – it's got to be Paddock Davies. Paddock. Would be one, two if they're without Clever. Yep. So Paddock, Davies, and Richards <sighs> without those two. But if they have if, – if they have Lamette and Clev, I am giving the edge to the Padres, but I'm just going to go ahead and bet that those guys are not going to be ready to go. I'm going Cardinals. I think they, they're not a sexy pick. They're not a sexy team. I don't really like a lot of their offensive production besides Goldschmidt and Brad Miller. Brad Miller's been nice this year. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I don't know why. Just another gut pick. I'm going Cardinals. So... According to everything I did, it was actually a coin flip to start. Then I hear that Clev and Lamette might not go. I was also leaning towards the Cardinals, and that is quite the sweep that we're going to all go with. Wow. This can make us look really stupid, boys. <laughs> Both of you guys took my pick, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, you, okay. Well, that was only because you went first. I really thought you'd pick the Padres. I thought you had the Padres, too. And yeah. I mean, I, I loved all their moves they made, and it could really carry them. I mean, picking up the entire Mariners bullpen. Yeah. We all saw my feelings them. about that at one point. I. But either way, though, I'm hopeful that either one of these teams is going to run into the Dodgers next round, and it's not going to hurt my bracket too bad. Yeah, I yeah. 
Exactly. All right. We just gotta hope for that. Okay, Chicago, Miami. Oh gosh, I I have been on the bandwagon for a while. I looked pretty deep into this one. Uh, I saw some things I didn't really like. I know the Marlins have to face you, Darvish. So that hurts a little bit. But, you know, the Marlins just really haven't given a shit all year long. All they've done is just somehow win baseball games. And I picked the Marlins as my team. Not to not to go all the way. Just I'm just claiming them. Just just for fun. And I'm I'm taking the Marlins. Marlins in three, somehow. Oh. Yeah, I'm going with the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I think I have I've yeah. well, I mean they have experience in the playoffs. The Marlins are just kind of the new kids on the block. But hey, they've the Marlins have never made the play, never made the playoffs and not won the World Series in the same year. Every time they make the playoffs, they win the World Series. So Ben's got that going. The odds are in my favor. Yeah. Um, I I don't think it's very, very close. And I feel like going with <clears throat> the Cardinals last round makes me want to just stick with the team I feel pretty confident in. Yeah. I struggled with that too. But uh, couldn't, couldn't fall back on my – I already claimed them. I claimed the Marlins. Okay, the next series is an interesting one, oh, to say the least. Very tough, I think. The Braves versus the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the Game one, too important for the Braves. I yes. mean, they're going to see Bauer. They need Freed. They need game one more than any other team in the playoffs. A hundred percent. Because they I, do not have anyone after Max Free. They yes. They're going Ian Anderson and Kyle Wright, I believe, is really their only options. And Max Freed, you know, had the little oblique and then came back through a five-inning start and then a one-inning start where he hurt his ankle. We don't really know, but they need Max Freed. The one thing that does give me encouragement about the Braves compared to the Reds is their lineup because the Reds pitchers do like to give up homers and the Braves hit a, a lot of homers. Uh, having Nick Markakis back is huge. They've kind of been, they've been kind of hot lately. Uh, Ozuna has been, what Ozuna led the NL in homers. Yes. Snow. May, I don't know off the top of my head. Yeah. That sounds right. But, um, yeah, you guys you guys can go first. Um, I'll leave it off again because you guys like to take my picks, and I don't like being a pick, so I'll leave it off. I think just overall, I mean, clearly, I think the Reds have the advantage in the pitching, but I think just offensively, the Reds don't stand up against the Braves. I think the Braves are going to get some – I think Bauer's going to get a couple homers today. I mean, he is the X factor – if Bauer wins game one, I'll make it interesting. But I think ultimately the Braves have too much offensive firepower with Freeman, Acuna, Swanson, Ozuna. I think they have too much offensive firepower to be beat by the Reds. So I'm going with the Braves. Braves in three. 
Well, I didn't think you were going to say that. No, I didn't think you were going to say that either. I thought you were going with the Reds. I do love Bauer, but I just think it, he can't win a series by himself. Well, well I mean, he does have Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo, but I was going to say that's that's a pretty who cares about those guys. Rotation. Um, I also don't really want to pick the Reds for a selfish reason. I don't want Cody Stevenson to be right. Stop mentioning him on the pod. All right. Um, I I was – we have all these factors that really matter. Um, offense versus starting pitching. But then if it comes down to the bullpen, it's not close. And the Braves have a serious advantage. Amir Garrett has been fantastic lately, but it's not very close after that. Um, I think that's also a little bit misleading, too, because the Reds' bullpen was really, really bad at the beginning of the year. Yeah, but it, pick it up. really picked up. That I actually believe in a lot of those arms. I like Lorenzen a lot. Yeah. I like Iglesias okay. Um, I don't know where they're – they got lots of guys that can give them – Multiple, they're very versatile in their bullpen. Like, I like TJ Antone. Um, Maley's been nails. Like, they have a lot of very interesting arms, and so do the Braves, actually, in terms of like length. Um, yeah, so what are you going with? I honestly was hoping you were going to say something first. <laughs> According to my, my, my equation, the, the, the Braves have a plus 15 advantage because they just create so many more Trust runs. your stats. Huh? Trust your stats. I, go with it. I think I'm, I think I'm going to have to go with that. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the Braves. I don't know how long. I like Ian Anderson a lot. That was another X factor. I, I, I like Ian Anderson too. I didn't get into um, – there's another one that can make me look stupid. They could totally make a run to the World Series with that pitching staff. But – I see the Cincinnati Reds as being – I see this being their big challenge. If they can get over the Atlanta Braves, I don't like the Cubs. I like the Marlins, but not at being a long-term success in the playoffs. I think – I'm going with the Reds. Yeah, going with the Reds. This could be a disastrous NL bracket for me, but I am going with the Cincinnati Reds in three. This 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 is a game that reminds me of the Yankee Cleveland series. That yeah. like, if they get through um, the Braves, that they could totally make a run. Uh, I mean, the Braves are good at re- disappointing me in the playoffs, but at one point I was leaning towards them to winning the World Series at the beginning of the year, and now I just don't feel so about it anymore i mean injuries happen it's hard it's hard to lose cole hamels and mike Soroka. Soroka. yeah that's confidence that, yeah. With them. i mean i also like that albies came back and went from the seven hole to the four hole on freddie freeman's day off so that's pretty cool that's a lot of yep. trust in the guy i love the braves it's, it's, it's a deep lineup i i, I won't be upset either has, way with that one i love Duvall has been the unsung hero for them He's just, yeah. All right. 
You want to hop into some trivia? To yeah, I'm out? coming in hot this week. I thought I came in hot last. Coming in hot. But I swear to God, if you guys get this, I might have to retire from this podcast. Actually. So. All right, let's do it. Okay. I hope for you that you get this. Yeah, I hope so too. Otherwise, you will never see me ever again. All of our fans. Um, so we all know that Shane Bieber won the Triple Crown this year. That is correct. So um, who was the first pitcher in baseball history to throw for three Triple Crown awards? Oh, my God. No, I This is going to be – this has got to be, like, old, old. Oh, it's old. He played for the Phillies. It's, and the so it's not even – is it even modern era? Uh, he threw uh, his triple crowns in uh, 1915, 1916, and 1920. Yikes. 15. Um, I did have – I did speak a lot with a man named Dan Duquette this year, and I read uh, an entire book on old era pitching, and I think I do know this one. Uh-oh. <laughs> Is it my man, Grover Alexander? Um, it says Pete Alexander, but I, that might be the same guy. It is the same guy. Well, it's been a good run on this podcast, everyone. Signing <laughs> off. Oh, you no, you gotta. You're good. You gotta. You gotta find some stats that are not like. I like big. to relate it to current events yeah i didn't uh i didn't know that one i was gonna go with uh a favorite of the podcast <laughs> but i didn't yeah we'll, we'll talk about three finger mordecai brown later it's it's all right last you if you said any later i would have guessed uh sandy Koufax, but yep you said Me. so early Ben's okay. open last two, though. That's all I got to say. It's kind of on a cold streak. Yep. All right. Next up, we're going to get into our conversation with Riley O'Brien. And then after that, we're going to get into some segments and close out the show. All right. Welcome, Riley O'Brien. Thank you for being here. Uh, it, is, it is such a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Um, I know Ben really wants to ask you a question right away, so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll right. turn it over to uh, you. For those of you that don't know, I'm from Boise, Idaho, which is pretty close to Caldwell, Idaho, which is yeah. a very interesting place. Um, talk a little bit about coming over or coming from NAIA baseball to the show and what it's like to play college baseball in Caldwell, Idaho. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting road getting there. I went to a JUCO first and, uh, didn't have much success at all. I wasn't really, wasn't that good. I just like was in my head. Um, just, yeah, I didn't throw that many innings. Kids couldn't figure it out. And, uh, they were kind of my only offer out of my JUCO and I went there and, um, things just clicked and I liked it. It was, uh, there's not a whole lot to do there, but it was a cool, I liked all the people, the school is a good environment. The team was great. I love to coaches and, uh, yeah, it was just, I ended up clicking and things worked out, but it's, uh, definitely a lot 
different than pro ball now. It's just like there's just a whole lot more going on, a whole lot more people around you. Like when I was called to it's only like three or four coaches, you know, and now it's everything you do. There's someone watching. But uh, yeah, it was a great experience. I loved it there. Do you know, uh, you know, Jake Eddy and Keaton Elledge? I do, yeah. Yeah. I do. Those are, those are a couple of my good buddies. School. They're fun. Yeah, we went to high yeah. school with both of those guys. So. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, those are two great guys. Yeah. All right. Can you take us through draft day? Because you, you are our 1-1 when it comes to players. You, you're the first player interview we've had. Oh, yeah. Um, it was – so I really – like I had some interest um, at the end of the year, talked to some scouts and stuff, and then about a month before the draft, I didn't hear I didn't hear anything from anyone. So I had no I had heard that some teams would potentially take me in the top ten rounds as like a money saver, and then some were talking about later. And so going up to the draft, I had no clue. So um, I knew I wasn't gonna go the first day. And then second day, I didn't, I wasn't really expecting it, but we just kind of threw it on. And then in, I want to say like the fourth or fifth round, I got a call from the Rays and they just asked me, would you sign? And I was like, yep, absolutely. And then a couple of rounds later, they took me. It was crazy. So does this shorter draft this past year, does, how does that make you feel? And possibly shorter drafts? I mean, just playing with some guys that I know that have been taken, you know, late in the draft and stuff, like, there's a lot of talent out there. And I think not necessarily that a lot of guys are getting overlooked, but there's just not as many opportunities with how many players teams can have right now. And I think, uh, yeah, I think it hurts some players. But, yeah, I mean, they kind of got to do what you got to do. What was it like? What was it? Uh, what was it like being traded over from the Rays and coming into a, a very heavy driveline um, program over with the Reds? Is that something you'd been exposed to before, or? Yeah, um, with the Rays, we had kind of done some stuff like that. Um, they were always kind of open, as long as, as well with the Reds, they were pretty open. Like you know, they're not forcing anything on you. If it's something you want to do, they help out. But. Uh, Getting traded was it was weird. It was there's so many emotions hitting me all at once. It was like the phone call only lasted about two minutes with the guy from the Rays, and it just like it just happened so fast. But uh, it was exciting. It was sad at first, just thinking about all my friends and stuff that I wouldn't be seeing every year and all that. But uh, it's def I was definitely excited for the opportunity because. I mean, I was back home, so and when I got traded, they were sending me to the alternate site, so I was excited to be uh, able to play some baseball. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you, how is it going to be uh, affect you? You know, having driveline in Renton, and and having such a driveline influence with the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, um, talking with some of the coordinators and coaches and stuff, they said that. You know, I'm open to go down to driveline this off season. I can do some work there. They have, I mean, all the equipment that I could need. So I think that's definitely a resource I'm gonna take advantage of this off season. Yeah. Um. Uh, talk about the the. Oh my gosh, sorry, the Astros game is going crazy right now. But um, talk about the 
the alternate site. What was that like? It was um, it was pretty relaxed. Um, it was kind of, it felt like, it felt kind of like spring training, but a lot less guys, like not as crowded, um, kind of just more doing your own thing. Like, you know, when you get your work done, you're done. You don't have to stick around and watch the game or whatever. And I thought it was a cool experience. It felt like, uh, it felt more like a big league environment. I thought that was cool to be around and. There are definitely some older guys there that have been back and forth in the big league and getting called up and stuff. And just being around those guys, it was cool to it was cool to just kind of see how things are. All right, give us your best minor league story. Best minor league story. Um, God, it's tough to come up with off the top of my head. Um, may have to come back. Might have, have to try to think about that one. Okay, I'll, I'll ask you a question. Um, your grandpa, he played some some mm-hmm. pro ball. Well, how? What was his influence on your career? I mean, it was just just always growing up around baseball. Like, I mean, going over to his house, he's got everything, and he'll talk all day about baseball and always watching baseball and he knows the stuff and loves to talk about it so I think it was just being around that just helped help the love for the game and just kind of seeing what kind of all the stuff that he how different things are back then and now and just uh, hear all of his experiences it's pretty cool that's pretty awesome um any stories coming to mind yet or um can't really think of any like specifically like crazy stories. Um, yeah, I mean, what was the minor league? What is the minor league experience like? Because you know, I don't think any of us are possibly going to get that opportunity. So, whoa, easy. It's a, <laughs> you never know. Um, it's a grind for sure. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's it's amazing just to be a professional baseball player. But it's um, a lot of long road trips, a lot of late nights. But, yeah, I mean, you make so many bonds with all the players. Like 12 hours a day with these guys every single day for six months. Like you make some good friends and experiences. And it's a, uh, yeah, it's a grind. But it's fun. A lot of long days for sure. Um, okay, so we all kind of grown up in a great era of, of, of batting stances of Ken Griffey Jr. and Bonds, Pools. Mm-hmm. Growing up, who was the batting stance or, or the person you mimicked when you were playing wiffle ball? Um, I always did Gary Sheffield. That was always a fun one. But uh, I was like Jason Veritek. Like he always oh. kind of like have an open stance, really high hands. It's kind of fun to fun to mess around with that. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, all the, all the classics. Are... That's a good one for sure. Um, how, who, who in the big leagues have you had uh, interactions with so far and how, how have they influenced your career? Um, I mean, definitely Blake Snell. 
as you know, you know, working out with him and stuff. I mean, you know him. Talk baseball too often, but when you do, it's just kind of kind of cool to just hear his perspective of it, how he views pitching and how he views hitters and stuff. And um, I think he's had a big impact. He's definitely a confident guy. And I think you have to have confidence, and that's something that I struggled with early, especially in college and stuff. And I think that, I mean, the mental game is so huge. That I think it, you can learn some stuff from him. Yeah, is it, it? What's what's your biggest benefit of working out with guys like uh, Ian and and Blake in the off season? I mean, just like being able to talk about kind of different things. Like, I share, I can share my experiences and like my views of how I pitch and stuff, and I can get their experiences and like how they pitch, and it's just more information. And I think just being in that environment where it's a small group and it's just us and we're working out every day it's easy to talk and I just think it's a good environment to learn and just kind of talk and yeah see what see what they think about baseball have have you and Ian had the conversation about the prospect of being in the same division yet a little bit yeah yeah it's yeah. uh it's uh still still in the future but it's uh something that'd be pretty cool if we ended up facing each other yeah what uh, what is that gonna be like to get that phone call knowing that you're going up to make your debut? Especially if you get to make your debut with guys like possibly Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo and Trevor Bauer. Mm-hmm. What's that gonna be like to get that phone call? I mean, yeah, I've thought about it. So like, I mean, I'm a big visualizer. Like, I like to picture the future and like kind of visualize success and so I've thought about that a lot and like even just laying in bed thinking about getting that call like almost my heart starts racing my hands start getting sweaty like I already get nervous just thinking about it and I just I think it's going to be if it happens obviously you know don't want to guarantee anything but I think it'll be really exciting and I'm just hoping that uh contain my emotions and not get uh too overwhelmed hoping that day comes um, when, when you think about like your time in JUCO and NAIA, what, what really got you over the hurdle and really turned you into the player you are today? I would have to say leaving my exit meeting my sophomore year to my JUCO because I was, I was decent in high school and I came into JUCO and they're expecting me to be in the starting rotation and pitched well and have an effect. And I really didn't do that. I had ended up having to fight for innings. And so I was disappointed, obviously myself, but I was also disappointed that I let down the coaches, you know, cause I thought they were expecting much more out of me. And uh, when I left my exit meeting, they were like surprisingly positive at, about my future and saying like, oh, don't give up yourself potential and all that. I think that was, I mean, I was pretty down at that point. I didn't have really any offers, and it was a tough time. And I think that was just kind of the motivation that I needed. And I told myself, like, what happens in my next school? Like, I'm just going to do my thing, do whatever I have to to throw strikes and just let my body figure it out. And it ended up working. I would say that was definitely a big motivation. I was just hearing that from my JUCO coaches.
All right. Well, I got one last question for you. All three of us played with your brother in college. Oh, yeah. uh, who was the better hitter growing up, you or Brendan? He he always had me at hitting. I was never never that good of a hitter. Um, I do remember kind of dominating him in the yard all the time. He would kind of get frustrated with that. But I think when it came to real baseball, it was I'll give him the hitting. But yeah. I think I think I had everything else. He was pretty impressive in pitchers BP. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he told me about that. <laughs> well, he, also tells, he never stops talking about his walk-off bomb. <laughs> okay, that was pretty – that, was, that was one of the best moments <laughs> in my college career, honestly. Yeah, that's probably the best moment in his career, too. <laughs> All right, well, Riley, you are – you're our guy now. There, you're, yeah. We're going to be posting about you and your career moving forward. We're going to be hyping you up at every turn, so. Awesome. So I'll be looking forward to that. For yeah. Appreciate it. So thank you for coming on. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, guys. All right. Thank you so much, Riley O'Brien. That was a great conversation. Really, and we are so excited to have him back. That's our 1-1, one, one, baby. That's 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. He's our guy forever now. Um, so... I'm just going to kick it to Connor. We're going to get into what's gone, gone on today, but Connor's got a little, little treat for everybody. As we discussed in the last podcast, I think we've decided as a podcast unit that our favorite player of all time is three-finger Mordecai Brown, or his birth name, Mordecai Peter Centennial Brown. The dude does have two middle names. Um, so unfortunately for Mordecai, he had quite an accident in his youth. He lived on a farm and he got his hand caught in the machine and kind of sliced off his finger a little bit, but that did not stop him. Also, the dude was chasing after bunnies when he was a kid and he tripped and fell and further damaged his hand and they had to cut off a little more of his extra finger. But again, Mordecai was not stopped. Um, he is best known for being a Hall of Fame pitcher with uh, 239 career wins, which is unreal. But before that, before he played in the majors, he also played in some professional leagues back in the 1800s uh, in the Omaha and the Western League. He used to play shortstop. He indeed had three fingers on one hand and was a switch hitting shortstop before becoming a pitcher. They kind of took him away from being a shortstop because his ball had some weird movement on it. But uh, eventually he found a spot on the mound. Uh, he was actually quite dominant. He has the third best ERA in a season of all time. He ended in um, 1906. He had an ERA of 1.04, which is kind of unheard of. Wow. Yeah, also was a part of that 116-win uh, Cubs team that won the World Series. So he was a part of those good Cubs teams in the early 1900s before the, their whole historic World Series drought. But in my opinion we've – decided, We've decided that we're a very pro three-finger Mordecai Brown podcast, and uh, we, we just want to – Show some awareness. Bring some awareness to the guy. Yeah, he's one. All right. So let's let's talk about. Uh, we do have some segments next week that we're we're gonna queue up. Something we're gonna call a core four. It's basically a draft. So we'll we'll be drafting greatest postseason performers in the last thirty years. So since nineteen ninety. 
So we don't have to go too far back. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna have a dude of the wild card round, and uh, we're gonna highlight one guy that we all agree on. Let's talk some baseball from today. Let's do it. I feel like I should be a lot more excited about how I want, how I picked in the American League, but this Yankees game is, for some reason, really irritating me. I think, uh, I think when I woke up this morning, I knew the right answer. I knew the right answer was the Yankees, but I felt as if I had already pledged my allegiance to the Cleveland Indians and MVBs. But I did say. I think right after we got off the air that I immediately regretted my Indians pick. And I said, if Aaron, I think Aaron Judge is going to homer in the first inning. And if he does, the Indians are in big trouble. Because if that guy gets hot, they're, they're going to be real tough to beat. Yeah. Yeah. You did say that. And I really did have to queue up that I really thought this, this Yankees team was about to do some real damage. But – for some reason, I decided to go with this gut feeling that the Indians were going to pull it out. Still got two games. Still got two games. Still got two Cookie. Games. Still got Carrasco. Or still got Cookie. We still got Plesak. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Cookie was it's my It's not guy. over. It's not over. It's not over. But I did go around about it and say, say that uh, if they do get through the Indians, they, are, they yes. could win it all. I think we did agree earlier that the winner of this series is probably in the driver's seat. I'm not seeing a whole lot of other options in the American League. The Rays, the Rays look pretty strong. But besides that, I have not been super impressed with the other American League teams. I mean, Jim yeah, let's, threw an absolute jam today. Yeah, let's get into that. It game. looked nice. I, yeah, he was great. But I really did not like that they went with Lazardo. Yeah. That was one one they hit lefties. That was a little bit of a head scratcher. I, I think if you do go with Lazardo, I would have liked to see them go opener and then go Lazardo. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Started Lazardo. He gave he gave him a chance. That I, there's nothing you can do if you don't score. So that's true. Gilito absolutely went off today they had no shot there was no yeah. the game started there was no shot he and all of a sudden i'm gonna change ups they're three feet outside the other batter's box it was it was a rough game for for the oakland days that i did pick i didn't win a game till about meh, 4 p.m today so it was a rough one for the kid uh, yeah i i mean there's so much about that A's game, the A's White Sox game that we can break down, but I mean, they, they, I just didn't like that game one Lazardo. They should have went Montas or Bassett. They, they should have went with a righty, I think. The numbers favored the White Sox so much with against lefties, and they, they just decided to say that our lefties are different. And we got Bassett. Manaya and Montas to get them through. And that they did save the bullpen. They did. Save they did. The Talking about saving the bullpen, um, the Houston Astros got through that game with two guys. Yep. They did. Granky, 
the plan with Granky today was was pretty smart. Let him see the lineup twice, get him out of there, and Valdez just yeah. shoved. And I think they were ready to take him out of that in the ninth, but that's when they said sabermetrics. It's okay. We're gonna we're, we're gonna ride with him through the end of the game. Yeah, I think I, there's also a big part of that is. Grinky was able to get out of, I think, two bases loaded jams. Bregman, Bregman, Bregman. Saved. Bregman was the player of the game. I don't know how, I don't remember how he swung it, but the dude made two barehanded, like off balance dribbler plays down the third baseline with runners on base that ended with in. Miguel Sano and Nelson Cruz up. So he's yeah. deep. He's not playing yeah. regular depth, he's playing deep Great to make sure One of the best in the game at throwing on the run, Alex yes. Bregman. And then he had the double play to end it all. Yes. So, a little bit of history in this game. Uh, first time Sergio Romo was the first pitcher in postseason history to walk in the go-ahead run in the ninth. Wow. Yeah, never That's happened before. Surprising. Yeah. All right. Well, I also thought Granky was going to slip Josh Reddick's throat open from his performance in this game at the beginning. He did end up being the, the tying run for them. Uh, but – the way he played that ball off the wall was so horrible. Poor, just, poor effort. I love my Kelly Cruz, but that was a poor, poor effort. <laughs> he, looked like, he looked like Nelly Cruz. Yeah. It literally game. looked I like, yeah, it gave me shades <laughs> of World Series Nelly Cruz. I mean, Correa had made a fantastic throw. It was a strike to give him a chance, but that was yeah. if Reddick played that ball better, he would have been out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then he swung. He swung through three hanging sliders, lefty, righty, hanging sliders. You just can't hit any of them. That's pretty. That's pretty unfortunate. Yeah. But it is what it is. The Rays and I'm hoping, hoping one last thing on that. I'm hoping. I think it's been like 18. They've lost. The Twins have lost 18 games in a row in the playoffs. Just please. I don't care if they win Game Three. I just hope. For their sakes, that they they've had some good teams. Just just let them win one game. Just one. They just want to win one. Oh, I, I I need to say my my next piece on the on on tomorrow for the Houston Astros. If you know me, I love me some Jose Urquidy. <laughs> that is your guy. They have he not announced game two starter, so he might be going tomorrow, and I will be watching if he does. Yeah, he. I think that would be the smart move for them. I think I, I think I did see Urquidy game two, McCullers game three. Yeah, it's still undecided. Um, if McCullers goes game two, I I'm I don't care if he gets shelved. I don't I, mind seeing I, that. I hope. Come on, give Nelly Cruz a playoff win. That's that's all I want to see. He deserves it. It's true. What a guy. All right, moving on to the Rays. And the Blue Jays. What's our feelings about this past game? It was nice. I thought the Rays looked pretty good. I didn't get to see the entire game, but I watched Snell, and that gave me a ton of confidence that if he can look like that against a good hitting team. The only the only guy that I think pieced him up through the first couple innings was Christian Kirk, who just somehow – showed up from single A and is hitting and he looks like Charles Barkley of baseball. 
Like, I don't understand, but he's kind of balling out. It's the only guy that got a piece of Snell. He looked real good. And then they just went, I don't know, they went Castillo, Anderson, just lights out. Yeah, the the one thing I saw about that Rays lineup is there's going to be offense from everywhere, and it's not like you're game planning for one guy. That like no. we, we can like in that Twins lineup that if you can make Nelly Cruz an, a non-factor somehow, that lineup looks different. With the Rays, there's offense coming from everywhere and anywhere. There's it's, just no there's just no guy in there that. I guess Brandon Lau is their best offensive player. but I mean, he, I love watching Joey Wendell hit with his no batting yeah, gloves. Joey Wendell is a ball player. He's a good player. But also shout out uh, Manuel Margot. Big homer. Big homer today. Uh, kind of give him some insurance runs late in the game. But, yeah. Uh, I got that was the only game I've won today. So, go Tampa Bay. Go. Well, I have them in my World Series, so I'm I'm still banking on them to hold on. Um, Should we show some love? I think we yeah. need some love. Let's show some love. Connor, would you like to go first? I'd love to show some love, and I would like only love in this segment because last time there was some hate from you. Uh, the first guy I'm showing some love to would be uh, Tommy Listella. The dude has, I think, struck out, what, 10 times this year? He has a K rate of 5.3%. Also broke up uh, Giolito's Perfecto today. Um, he's got a 370 OBP. He's got a 1.2 war. And I just think Tommy Listella doesn't get enough love. So let's show him a little bit of love today. Yeah, I'd just like to say that ESPN put the graphic up of uh... – there is only six pitchers ever have taken a perfect game into the sixth inning of a playoff game. And then not even probably 4.5 seconds later, just whack Tommy Lestella base hit right up the middle. Right when I got back from class. Actually, like maybe two seconds, three seconds before that happened, I was – so it went to commercial break for the Astros game. Or it, or it went to commercial break for the, the White Sox game, and I was watching the Astros game again. And all of a sudden, they give us an update about what Giolito's doing. He's like, yeah, he's got a perfect game. And I was just like, no way. <laughs> well, I knew that he had a perfect game. I just couldn't believe they said it on air. And then I flip it back over, and, like, within the second, the single happens, and I just lost my mind. I was pretty upset about it. It's unfortunate. Still a great performance. Great performance. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my hitter right now, and just because Connor went with an A, I'm also gonna go with a new A. Uh, Jake Lamb. Uh, he has been a a great addition for the A's after losing Chapman for the rest of the year. He when he was on the D-backs, he was he had great swing decisions. It just wasn't correlating to any real production and you know maybe somebody said something differently to him when he got to Oakland and he's figured it out and it looks great and I'm very happy for him and shout out to a fellow 206 guy nice Uh, I am going to show some love 
to a guy that kind of came onto my radar a couple of years ago. Um, drafted by the Cubs, got traded to the Rockies. Kind of was just a real, just a sleeper guy. Just kind of rolled out of bed and got about three hits a day. And uh, kind of went unsigned for a long time last year. And uh, Yankees signed him to a two-year deal. He's coming up on free agency. But DJ LeMahieu, this guy, earlier this year, so he's played in – but let's not forget, he tore a ligament in his thumb, which he did a few years ago, and it took him, I think, four weeks to recover. I think he was out for like a week and a half, and he just said, no, nah, I'm coming back. He's missed 10 games this year when he should have probably missed 30. His way to runs created plus is 177. He went and won an American League batting title and became the first player in the modern era to win a batting title in both leagues. So I just want to get show some love to my favorite hitter, DJ LeMahieu. Oh, 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 nug on that. Dan O'Dowd said that was the best decision he's ever made was getting him into the Rockies organization. So, Connor. All right, I think we're going – we're on pitchers now. I think I'm going to show a little love to uh, Dallas Keuchel, some guy that I haven't really paid that close of attention to, but just kind of looking at his numbers this year, I mean, he's got a sub – he's got a 199 ERA, so sub two. Um, uh, 3.08 FIP, a 1.8 WAR. And, I mean, I think he's been a big part of that White Sox team that's looking for some set success here in September, October. And I just don't think – He's gotten a lot of love recently, and I'm just going to show him a little bit of my love. So shout out to you, Dallas Keuchel. He's pitching tomorrow, too. Ben, you want to go? I'll go. Um, a team that I uh, I picked in this first round against a lot of a lot of other picks. Um, didn't think I was going to go with them until I started looking at them more because I like their uh, – I think he's starting game two for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, 39-year-old Adam Wainwright. He's running out there uh, with a 3.15 ERA. And he's at uh, – uh, he's over one more again this year in a short year. And uh, honestly, just a great career. Great playoff career. Uh, battled through some, like, pretty – legit injuries in his career um and he's still around and somehow is still really really good him and Yadier Molina have been around for a long time so just wanted to show some love to Uncle Charlie and hopefully hopefully we can get a good start out of him tomorrow you you gotta love what he's done this year it's it's just crazy it's kind of the longevity that you gotta give him a lot of credit for yeah. Hall of Famer, maybe. Conversation piece. Probably fringy. He's up there. Um, okay. He was in the same rotation as Chris Carpenter. And I haven't thought about that guy until just now for about 15 years. So, Eli, what you got? Um, I'm going to show some love to Martin Perez. The only bright spot of the pitching situation in 
Boston this year. Uh, he let's let's go over some of his numbers. He had he, he had a nice little year for himself. Um, oh well, I switched up the pages. Shout out Jared Carabas. He's a big Martin Perez guy. Yeah, he he loves talking about him because he's the only thing that you could be excited about this year. Um, little one one point three four whip. That's I mean not too bad when you're the only guy on the team producing anything at all. Uh, ERA, you know, fringe worthy, but you know it's. He had a nice little year for himself. A little bright spot. Shout out Boston. I don't think we'll do that too often through the, this whole offseason. We'll probably talk about him again. Maybe if they There's a lot of anybody, but I don't think we're going to be talking a whole lot of Red Sox baseball. Maybe they sign a manager. We don't know. I think they probably um, do. Um... We should I want I want to show a little love to the guys you said. Uh Dallas Keuchel, game two for the four A's. That's not something you want to see. Not ideal. Low playoff experience. That could be a problem. He did struggle last year a lot in his yes. playoff. Uh little playoff run for the Braves last year. But Maybe because he was in the NL, who knows? He had to step up the plate and see. I don't know. It's not really a normal comment you hear about NL pitching in the NL. I think um, they turn it up tomorrow. I think Keiko will pitch well, but I think Bassett will also pitch well. I think the A's are getting the win tomorrow. I hope. Otherwise, I'll be down a series real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, Arquette, maybe – Gives me a lead in the bracket series. That would be crazy for me already. Hopefully better things in the NL. My Miami Marlins. My Miami Marlins tomorrow. We're all, we're all rooting for the Cardinals. Um, I mean, I guess we're all rooting for the Dodgers. They got Bueller going, and I think Milwaukee still hasn't announced their starter. Probably not. I mean, it's probably going to be Woodruff, right? I don't really think sure. a whole lot of options. No, he's, he's good. Yeah, I thought he was – uh, from all I knew, he was he was healthy. So, yeah. we got Bauer free tomorrow. That'll be a good one. That's huge. That's the that's a pivotal game in that ex, in that series. Because if the Braves can win this game with Freed on the mound, they, I mean they got a chance. I mean Ian Anderson following him, that that also gives them a chance. But I don't know who comes after that if they have to depend on Ian Anderson to get a win. True. All right, final thoughts? Um, if you do your research and you believe in what you find and your heart really does say pick a team, just pick the team. Just do, not, do not let your gut change your mind in any way because you're on a podcast with two other people that felt the exact same way as the way you went. So it's, it's whatever. Who, who cares? Nerf. Um, great, great message, Eli. But uh, I'm gonna have to go a little bit different route. Uh, tomorrow, the start of the finals. I want to see LeBron prove all the haters wrong. Him and AD carry the Lakers to a championship and uh, give Kobe one more up there. 
Hell yeah. Love that. Uh, I My final thought is uh, shout out to, to my favorite player of all time, Derek Jeter. A lot of people were calling for his head. And uh, I think he's done a pretty good little job with the Miami Marlins. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot to look forward to with that group. There's a lot of talented position players. And there's some good hitters still to come for those guys. Um, so shout out Derek Jeter. He didn't really think – I didn't really think he was ever going to fail at anything in his life. So, uh, yep, shout out Derek Jeter. That's my final thought. Again – Thank you, Riley O'Brien, for the time. Everybody who's wanting to see this on Apple Podcasts, it's coming. It's coming. We hear you. It's coming. We're working on it. Subscribe to the YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, at The Cleanup Pod. Follow us on Instagram, at The Cleanup Pod. Maybe a TikTok. Maybe It'll probably be at The Cleanup Pod. We'll see. We might. We should. Let us know. Let us know if you want to see TikTok content. Nerve is all about the TikTok. Yeah, and we're also thinking about making a little website. Yep. Uh, we're thinking about a website, writing some blogs out for you guys because we love our fans. We do. We love you guys. So, if you like it, reach out. Let us know. Yeah. Right. We're out. <laughs>